As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Well, good morning, High Point. So good to see each and every one of you. If you're joining us online, welcome. We're so glad you're streaming with us now. Can we thank our guest worship leaders, Todd and uh, Bethany, for uh, leading us in worship today. So let's give it up for Todd and Bethany. So good to worship together in this place. Well, if you have uh, your Bible, if you can pull it out, if you can open it up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and uh, that's where we are going to be today. Uh, We are finishing up our series called Open Letters. If you've been with us, you know we've been looking at the seven churches, the seven letters to the seven churches over the last seven weeks. The title of this message is this. Dear Caring Church, that's what we want to be. We want to be a caring church. When we talk about church, we're not talking about a building. We're not talking about a 501c3 organization with bylaws. We're talking about a community of people who are committed to living on mission together. We desire to be a caring church. So today we're going to discover five characteristics of a caring church from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and before the end of the service, we are going to demonstrate these five characteristics. So buckle up, let's get ready, let's dive into God's word together today. So if you have your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's start here in verse 14. It says this, For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God has reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Here's characteristic number one. Characteristic of a caring church is this. A caring church loves sacrificially. Well, where do we see this? We see this here in the text. For the love of Christ controls us. The love of Christ compels us. The love of Christ propels us. The love of Christ motivates us. What does the love of Christ motivate us to do? To no longer live for ourselves, but to live for Christ. So here it is. This is the key to the message right at the start. 
It's the love of Jesus and our love for Jesus that compels us to live for Jesus and not live for ourselves. You see, when we rightly understand who Jesus is and what he has done, that Jesus took the initiative, he left heaven, he came to earth, he died on a cross, when we genuinely understand the gospel, then we no longer want to live for ourselves, but we want to live for him who died and rose again. Because of the sacrificial love of Jesus, we love sacrificially. It says this in 1 John chapter 3, by this we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. You see, sacrificial love isn't just words, but sacrificial love is action. Here at High Point, we talk about this, that sacrificial love is one way. That it doesn't demand, it doesn't expect, it doesn't require, it doesn't need a response. That sacrificial love loves sacrificially. That's characteristic number one. Characteristic number two is this, that a caring church sees differently. Where do we see this? Well, we see this right in the text. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. We regard no one according to the flesh. How do you see people? Do you see people for who they are today, or do you see who they once were? Do you see people for their failures? Do you see people for their biggest mistake, their worst regret, their darkest moment? Or do you see people for who they are in Christ and who they can be in Christ? Some people are born colorblind. They can't see colors. They can't see pigments. They can't see hues. They can't see colors. But thankful for advanced technology, that glasses have been created, that even those that are colorblind, when they wear these glasses, they can see all the color and all the vividry that, that God has created in creation they're able to see things differently, more completely, more accurately. If you wear sunglasses, sunglasses block out UV rays. If we were to wear gospel glasses, it blocks out legalism, judgmentalism, condemnation, shame, self-righteousness. So if you ever find yourself thinking, I wonder what they did. If only they got a job. They're here illegally. Those thoughts are regarding people according to the flesh. We're not seeing people with gospel lenses. You see, when we have experienced the sacrificial love of Jesus, we see things differently. The third characteristic is this, jot this down, a caring church believes confidently. This right here is the bullseye. It's right here, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do we believe this church? Do we believe this church? 
We believe this confidently, and what is it that we believe confidently? We believe that in Christ we're a new creation. I want you to meet Rodney. Some of you would know his story. Rodney grew up in a broken home. As a teenager, he started to sell drugs to get out of poverty. He was involved in a drug deal that went bad. He was shot five times. Someone wound up getting killed in the process. As he laid on the hospital bed, he recalled some things that his mom had taught him about Jesus at an early age. And in that hospital bed, he surrendered his life to Jesus. He stood before the judge. The judge handed down a sentence of 50 years in the Illinois penitentiary system. He thought his life was over. But it was when he was in prison that he realized his identity. That his identity wasn't what he did. His identity wasn't a number that was given to him by the state of Illinois in the prison system, but his identity was in Christ, that he was a new creation. He wound up getting released after 25 years, started an HVAC business, a skill that he had learned in prison. We met up with Rodney about two years ago, and we began to share a vision of starting a church inside the walls of Stateville Prison. This has never been done ever in the history of the state of Illinois, having a church inside the walls. And Rodney felt so compelled because of his love for Jesus and the love that he has received from Jesus, he felt compelled to be the first inmate with a criminal record to go back into the prison of course, who I'm talking about is our pastor, Pastor Rodney of Stateville, uh, it's High Point Stateville. Let's give it up for Pastor Rodney. Do you realize that we have a church inside the walls of Stateville Prison? I know that you've heard it, but do you understand what that means? That every single Sunday from 12 to 2, when you're watching the Bears, most often losing, when you're watching the Bears, 90 men are gathering together for two hours. First hour is to worship and to hear God's word from Pastor Rodney. The second hour is to be a part of a growth group. That we are investing into these men, our brothers in Stateville that they're being discipled, that they're in community where they're known, cared for, and loved. That one hour a week out of 168 hours in a week, one hour a week, these men, these brothers, can be authentic, transparent, and vulnerable in their growth group. And this happens every single Sunday. Our brothers in Stateville are so thankful for High Point. They're so thankful for High Point for many different reasons. One is that we're not just there periodically, but that we're there every single Sunday for them. They're also thankful about this, that we're a church that doesn't come in and condemn them and talk down to them, but we treat them as brothers. 
the reality is we have more in common with these brothers than you have with your non-Christian neighbor or coworker. And we come alongside of them and we're helping them grow in God's word. And we're helping them to grow in their relationship with the Lord. I talked about that they're a part of a growth group. We've got nine growth groups. These growth groups are being led by our brothers that are there in Stateville. Every Wednesday, Steve Madowick, who's here, who's one of our elders, and Pastor Rodney, go into Stateville from 11 to 12, and they develop and they disciple these nine men. These nine men are going through our same leadership training, leading others, and now they're doing care and counsel that uh, we're developing and discipling these men, these brothers, to lead their brothers. Why is it we're doing this? It's because we believe confidently. What is it that we believe confidently? That we can have a new identity in Christ. And because we believe confidently, we are caring for others. Those who are suffering and those who are struggling, we care for those who are the least, who are the lost, who are the lonely. Why? Because a caring church, a caring church believes confidently. If you're taking notes, here is characteristic number four. It's this, is that a caring church responds eagerly. A caring church responds eagerly. Well, let's see this here in the text. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and he gave us the, if you have your Bibles and your pen, underline this, the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling to the world himself, not counting their trespasses, amen? Not counting their trespasses against them, but entrusting us to the message, underline that, the message of reconciliation. You see, if we're a caring church, we need to understand two things. One is that we've been reconciled to God. And because we've been reconciled to God, we've been given a ministry and a message of reconciliation. Well, what's the ministry and message of reconciliation? It's simple, it's this. It's to help people believe in, belong to, and become like Jesus. Does that sound familiar? That's the message and the ministry of reconciliation. It's helping people who are separated from God come to know God and to experience his love and his grace. That's the message and the ministry of reconciliation. So a caring church, a caring church responds eagerly to the call, to the mission, and to the message and the ministry of reconciliation. That said, I want to, right now, to boldly invite, by faith, 10 men right now in this service to respond to the call of the ministry and the message of reconciliation by serving in Stateville once a month on a Sunday. We're looking for 10 men right now in this service to respond to the call of the ministry and the message of reconciliation. Well, what am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to volunteer once a month to go into Stateville, to go into Stateville and to participate in the worship service, and then to engage, to interact 
with men in the growth group. You don't need to lead the growth group. Again, we are developing and we're discipling men to lead these groups. But it's to come in alongside and to support them. It's a transformational opportunity. Not just a transformational opportunity for the men that you'll meet, but it's a transformational opportunity for you. And you might be going, okay, I, I don't feel equipped to do this. I've got good news for you. Why? Because God doesn't call the equipped. What does God do? God equips the called. And we'll provide training. And so we're looking for 10 men right now. Right now. To pull out your phone, to go to the app, and to say, I'm interested. We can get you more information. We can get you some training. We can tell you more. But if this is of interest to you, go to the app now and let us know that you're interested in that. Because a caring church responds eagerly to the ministry and to the message of reconciliation. So in addition to these 10 men right here in this service, all of us are going to have an opportunity to respond to the call of the ministry and the message of reconciliation in this service by showing and sharing the love of Jesus to those who are at Stateville by putting together a care kit. These care kits are possible because of your generous giving to Limitless. Well, what's in a care kit? What's in a care kit is there's a bottle of water, there's some socks, there's some soap, there's some deodorant, there's a cookie, there's a honey bun, there's a devotional, and there's a card. You're going to have an opportunity in this service to not only put together this care kit, but you're going to have an opportunity to fill out a card, to personally write a note to a man in Stateville. You might be like, well, I don't know what to write. Well, you can write a personal note. You can write a prayer. You can write a verse. We actually have, when you pick up this card, you'll have an opportunity to pick up just a sample card. You can write the exact same thing that's on this, or this can be a guide to help you with this. Our kids are doing this too. And our kids are coloring sheets and they're writing notes to these men in Stateville. Those uh, from the kids will be put into the bag. And then these bags, 2,000 of these bags, are going to be handed to every single man in Stateville on Thanksgiving Day. Isn't that amazing? And you can be a part of it, but I know some people are here going, okay, how is putting a honey bun in a bag, how is that spreading the ministry and the message of reconciliation? Well, if God could speak through a donkey in the Bible... I think God could speak through a honey bun. I know God's spoken to me too many times through honey buns. But the reality is, is this, is that this is a tangible expression. A tangible expression of God's love and God's grace. Last time I was in Stateville, I talked to Scott. Scott told me that his first interaction with High Point was a little over a year ago when he received bottled water just like this 
in his cell. A few weeks later, he was invited to meet Pastor Rodney. And he heard about Stateville, High Point Stateville. He's now not only been attending, but he's hosting, just like what Pastor CJ did here. He's hosting the service every single Sunday. He's involved in our discipleship and development program on Wednesdays. And he's leading a growth group inside the walls of Stateville for his brothers. And it all started by getting bottled water. Before we put these kits together, I want you to hear the story. A, st a story of Jose. Watch this on the screen. My name is Jose Cruz. I was in prison for 28 years, nine months, and three days for a crime that I did not commit. But in that cell is where I met my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, the life that I was living before I met Christ was a life of almost really, really selfish. You know, that it was only about myself and it was about those that were around me. It was a life, a destructive life. There was no way out for me. That the only thing I could do to survive was to sell drugs. And in order for you to sell drugs, you have to join the gang because the gang is the one that controls those corners. It was uh, October 6th of 1993, as I was walking out of my house, uh, two detectives from uh, Grand Central Police Station, they, they put a gun to my head. And uh, they told me I was under arrest. At that point, I, I didn't know why I was under arrest for, because I know that I had committed no crime. I was brought to trial, convicted, and sent to Pontiac Correctional Center that the same day that I got there, which was on January of 1996, the same day I had a dream, I saw in the dream Christ. Christ with his hands pierced. And at that point, I got up in the middle of the night and, you know, I was crying uncontrollably. I was crying and crying and crying. I, you know, I couldn't help myself. And I got on my knees and I asked God for forgiveness. I asked God for forgiveness and I asked God to leave me, to leave me because I didn't know the way. You know, I ended up still uh, gangbanging, still doing the things of the world for eight more years that I ended up at Pontiac Correctional Center, uh, excuse me, at Stavio Correctional Center. I had the same dream that I had eight years earlier because I had another dream that I was saving uh, two little kids. I was saving two little kids from being involved in the mob. It was then that I woke up and I decided from that point on that I was not gonna be part of the mob no more. I just kept pushing. I kept pushing and I, I say, you know, it crossed it for me, who could be against me? So I decided at that point that no matter what, I was gonna follow Christ. 
And when High Point came about, you know, it was an exciting moment for myself and for the other prayer generals that we've been praying to have a new church at Stavio. And um, it, it was amazing. It was a, a miracle for us. Now we got over 90 people showing up to the church and not to hang out. They come because they want to hear the message. They come because they want something new. Uh, this year, June 15, they, I had an opportunity to talk to uh, uh, Kim Fox, the state's attorney for the Cook County, and, and um, at that point she told me, uh, you're coming home. She said, you're coming home. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm coming home. And I say, Mom, I'm coming home. I say, Mom, I'm coming home. You know, my mom passed away, and she was not able to see me and see everything that happened, you know, but um, all, the, all the sacrifice that she did for me, you know, it was worth it. She was one of the persons that, that believed in me more than anybody else. Have you seen a little kid in Christmas Day? That's how it is, you know, when this bash come into Stavio, everybody, every single individual that has a Stavio Correctional Center, including staff, it just, they just delighted. There's somebody out there that even if I don't have family in the street, if I don't have nobody, there's a church out there and there's volunteers. They take out of their time, out of their money, to send us something for Christmas to show the love of Christ. Isn't that incredible? Can we praise God for Jose's life? So a caring church loves sacrificially. A caring church sees differently. A caring church believes confidently. A caring church responds eagerly. The fifth characteristic is this, is that a caring church shares boldly. Let's notice our last verse. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, making God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. I love our brothers in High Point Stateville. I love their vision to be ambassadors for Christ in their community. I love their vision. They believe that God is going to cause a revival in Stateville because of High Point Stateville. So in a moment, we're going to have an opportunity in this service to put together a care kit. These care kits are doing two things. One, for the men who aren't a part of High Point Stateville but are in Stateville. It's a gift to them, and we're imploring them to be reconciled to God. For our brothers who are in High Point Stateville, this is a gift, a sign that we are standing with them, that we are supporting them in the gospel ministry. And so this care kit is more than just the items that are here, but this is spreading the ministry and the message of reconciliation. 
So in a moment, you'll have an opportunity to come. If you're on this side of the room, you'll come this side. If you're on this side, you'll come to the front, and you'll work your way around to the back. You'll get a card. You'll fill it out. And then you'll bring your bag once your card is filled out to the front, and you'll put it right on the steps. But all along the way, let's pray. Let's pray for Pastor Rodney. Let's pray for our brothers in High Point Stateville. Let's pray for our leaders that are leading growth groups. Let's pray for the staff in Stateville. And let's pray for the individual man who will receive your care kit. Let's pray that they would understand and that they would receive God's love and God's grace through your care kit. And so the worship team is going to sing over us. We've got a couple of people, I think, that are going to help give some direction here. But why don't we stand? We don't need to sing the song. They're going to sing over us. And let's come and let's uh, fill our care kits. And go back to your seat, write your card, then bring it here to the front.